Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We're running the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today. Because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I let it been a long four and a half months without the hurling show, um, lads. Last December the 14th, after Limerick were crowned All-Ireland champions, easily enough, scoring 30 points in the final was our last show. We're back and we have a new pundit, Paul Ryan, in studio. Good to see you, Paul. Well, Wooly, how's things? Not bad, not bad. We have re-signed one of our uh, stalwarts from the start of the, the hurling show, Paddy Stapleton. How's things? Brilliant, uh, Willie. Thanks for having me back for finally, no finally problem. letting me back. No problem at all. <laughs> now, I saw Paddy Stapleton uh, corner back. I saw Paul Ryan corner yeah. forward. So I did a little bit of research <coughs> down through it and said, surely Paddy Stapleton has wore a hurl off your legs, Paul. So this was, I don't know, did he do this yet? But All-Ireland semi-final 2011 was the one that jumped out straight away. Well, there might have been too many cameras on him then now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember it well, yeah. Struggled in the first 20, 20 minutes anyway. And uh, I got a point or two. But yeah, it was a, it was a tight battle, Paddy, wasn't it? Very, very tight. Yeah, oh, jeez. Like, I, I just remember um, getting knocked around the place a good bit, Ryan Dwyer. <laughs> and I remember um, <laughs> Phil, the uh, Ryan's midfield, him again. Um, anyway, he was he was a footballer, but he he ran with a ball and he nearly killed me. He drove me like a like a bowling pin. So yeah, but I do remember one thing from Paul. Obviously, the two points were very very annoying. But apart from that, why was the only corner forward in history who was catching the corner backs hurl? I thought I was supposed to be catching the corner forwards hurl. But that is the one thing. I don't know why. It, not, it still bothers me. Eleven years, ten years <laughs> Jeez, I can't explain that one myself now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, but uh... is that a regular thing you used to do? Is hold the yeah, I, I was wondering, uh, was it just me? Was I special? Like? Well, no, no, I don't think so. No, like when uh, 
<laughs> I, I think lads would kind of mistake me for being a, a bit nice, like. But they, uh, you know, I always kind of added those little things to the game, like you know, holding, making you going, "What is this fella doing? Like? <laughs> you know, is he marking me or am I marking him?" Yeah, sounds sounds very good. The big talking point out of that game in 2011 was Conal Keeney had that motorbike crash. Was that just yeah. before that game? I think he it did. Was, a, yeah, yeah. He did a video call T from hospital. I was reading recently. Anthony he did, Daly yeah. Yeah, we were awful pumped up for that game going into it. Uh, yeah, Paulo Keeney he came off the the motorbike up in Tala there. I think it was. Um, and did the cruciate. He was lucky to get away with the cruciate, you know. Yeah, um, because I think he jumped clear the 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 crash, whatever way he did it. Um, but yeah, we were a big loss that day. But even going into that day, I think I think we probably set up a small bit defensively against Tip. We were we were just trying to contain them. We we're trying to contain Larry Corbett and Owen Kelly up top. And and yeah, you could see it just near in the second half, near the end of the game. Tip just from what I remember anyway, Tip kind of started pushing on and there. Their class, they're kind of shine through in the end. Yeah, but this was this Paddy was league champions against all Ireland champions. I think he were like sixteen to one on, which seemed crazy odds or something at the time. Was I reading that right? See, yeah, see, what happened really, and it was probably the worst thing that happened us all years. We absolutely hammered Watford in the Munster final. Oh yeah, I think mm. you might remember Lark Harbert scored four four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were cut. It, it was just. I think it, we found it hard the year after all Ireland anyway, regardless. But we did have a good Munster Championship, but it was just, there was very little resistance from Watford that day. And I just, but like, and we knew Dublin then. So I suppose we had it in our head as well. We were going to get a big, big hard test. Mm. And I think sometimes when you have yourself already convinced, then it will turn into that. And which it did. Um, maybe Dublin were a bit defensive, but we were struggling, like badly struggling. And you'd remember, Paul, remember anyway, mm. our Corbett, I think, got, a, a, a kind of sneaky goal on Peter Indeed, Kelly. Yeah, Peter, Peter Kelly kind of had yeah, him. Yeah, yeah and he and, and but Peter Kelly had him marked out of it actually for the whole game, and it was absolutely unbelievable. But yeah, yeah. it was very tit for tat, and you know, Conal Keeney missing there, like Conal Keeney at that stage was absolutely on fire. So mm. uh, who knows what he would have brought to it? Yeah, no, definitely, it was an interesting. What are we going to get from the league this year, uh, Paul? Like, I mean, geez, I'm not. I've been down in the league in hurling the last few years because I'm like, let's play a league. Mm. And then let's play a much more important league during the summer. So yeah, already yeah. I thought the league was losing a bit of importance. This year, let's be honest about this, and we're all excited that it's back and it's fantastic. Jesus, my job revolves around these games. There's <laughs> no one more excited than yeah. me. But at the same time, a three-week lead-in, uh, Paul. Yeah, like it's, like I suppose, the sign of the times, it's, it's, it's a very tough one for the players, you know, to to come back and be competing at that level. What kind of competition? Is it going to be up to the level of last year, the year before? I don't know, probably not. Um, but yeah, it kind of remains to be seen. Like, and there's no league champions at the end of this, is there? No, there's yeah, no league champions. So it's a bit of a strange well, one. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Unless they double up, unless they meet in the championship, they'll do what uh, Dean Limerick and Clare did it last year, and you're, you know, you win in the championship, and it doubles up as a league final. But then right. that might might not happen. You know, you've, yeah, you've got, yeah. you'll have joint league champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know. You'll kind of. You figure it out fairly quickly, like who's who's humming and who isn't. Yeah, I think Paddy. The, let's be honest about this league. It will be a bit like the Walsh Cup, a little bit like the Munster League. You know, there'll be watchable games. But Jesus, with a three-week lead in, um, 
you know, you couldn't be expecting helter-skelter. You couldn't be expecting players to be at full fitness. And one thing that really surprised me was that the managers were asked about the three-week build-up. And they mm. wanted the three-week build-up so they could have five games. Now, what good is five games if two of your best players get injured? You know, were you surprised that managers pushed for that instead of the extra week kind of lead-in? I'm not, because I think these managers, they want their games... Um, uh, I think it is dangerous. It, like it, it just is dangerous. But it's up to each management team, really. Like, if you value this league as to win the league or be top of the table, I think you are mad. Now, what I will say is a, a very bad league can often lead into a hangover into the championship. I do think that if you go really, really badly, but winning the league or coming top, maybe if you are a struggling team, is good for the confidence. But apart from that, I don't think it's going to do a whole pile for you. So solid performances but get your players on the field. But it's a great chance for them to get a full panel onto the, uh, each day to go out. So, and that's as it. you said, I think it's more like the Walsh Cup or the, the whatever Watford Christmas we had. And let's, you know, you'll have to, it'll be completely planned. Who's playing what games, yeah. how many minutes yeah. they're getting. Don't think that, I couldn't see a thing where, God, there's only two points in this match. We have to leave on, you know, uh, Liam Rush for the rest of the game when mm. we know he's a bit older, he needs to come off. So, yeah, it is going to be tactical, I think. And just used as purely uh, a base for championship. That's it. I fully, fully agreed. Like I, I, I think rotation of panels now is going to be vital. Uh, like, it's up, is it up to seven subs? Yeah. Well, that, I don't think that's confirmed. It's yet, not confirmed but though. Yeah, isn't I, it? I think that will happen. Like, I'd imagine. I think, geez, if they introduce that, it'd be it would leave some leeway to to injuries. Then you know you might might avoid be able to avoid it. Um, because even at five, you're still a, you're still a bit squeezed. I don't know. Paddy would think like you're still a bit mm. squeezed on that. Like, yeah. Oh, well, you were for an option. I mean, yeah. like, because you know, like you all know, and it's even in challenge matches, it's the last five minutes, last yes. seven or eight minutes. A lad picks up. How, how many times do you hear a lad say, "Just was the last puck of the game, and I pulled the hammer, or yeah. whatever it was." So while they're training really hard, and luckily they have a lot of the bulk of their conditioning stuff done. It is that match situation which you cannot replicate. And if they have the option to another couple of subs, bring a lad out, then I think it's it's probably a sensible. Maybe it wouldn't be good for us watching it, but probably be a sensible option. Well, that's the thing. And even from from our Thursday show is not ideal because you'll see Limerick play Tip this weekend, and then the following weekend we'll be previewing Limerick or Tip, and we'll be talking about and a completely new 15 could potentially be on the you know we're going to see a lot of new players throughout this league like more than usual because I can see them playing one full full team one Saturday and a completely different team the next Sunday almost like how you would do challenge games before the league you know with with a team like I suppose from like from a viewer's point of view you will be thinking that, like, maybe it will be worth watching, like, you know, because I know in terms of my own county, I'd know a lot of the younger guys that are, you know, in and around the panel that I'd like to see. How, like, how are they going to get on at a senior level, yeah. like, at Inner County? Um, and can they can they do it at that level? So, from yeah. from a from an um, from a Dublin point of view, I'd be excited to see now. Yeah. Kind we'll of know the squads inside out by the end of yeah, the league. Exactly. Every squad in the country yeah, yeah. will know. Here's a quote from Sean Finn, Paddy, that I was surprised about. It's Sean Finn, all-star cornerback. He's a he's a man mountain. He's like a mm. bodybuilder, Sean Finn. Um, he's the new age uh, type of cornerback. Wait and hear this. This sounds like when I started playing back in the 1990s. So he says, I didn't pick up a hurley for quite a long time even until the beginning of April. I'd say, okay, that's not too bad. Then he continues, I did very little exercise. I just found a break from exercise from, and the whole thing um, from the training regime was as beneficial as actually going out training myself. I really enjoyed the three or four months and I can feel the freshness now. Like, will we, will we replace freshness with belly? 
um, Paddy to actually explain what Sean Finn <laughs> yeah. is feeling. Is feeling. I think, unfortunately for the rest of us, I don't think that, don't try this at home. He's a professional. I think because, I mean, Sean Finn, look at him. I'd say if you looked at weights, he put on, you know, he put on triceps and, and deltoids. So he could be, a, I'd say, he's a specialized type character. And maybe him barely exercising would still be a nice bit of exercise to keep himself taping. But I think maybe they were. They're at such a level. I mean, if you looked at maybe the Limerick lads or, or the Waterford lads in the All Ireland last year, um, the nick they were in was absolutely unbelievable. I'm sure, but I'd say a couple of months to them wouldn't do a whole pile to them. But they might, hey, look in this league format, I suppose that we're doing, they might find it going a little bit tough for a month. But I don't know. I mean, Sean Finn is a freak as far as I can see in yeah. terms of fitness, strength, ability. He's probably he's as good as what we've seen over the last ten, fifteen years. So I think if you went, if you did a little survey around the Limerick whole team I don't think they'd all get away with that No probably wouldn't but like I mean from Sean Finn's point of view Richie English is back this year and Mike Casey is so maybe uh, announcing he did nothing for three months might not be <laughs> the best course of action You mentioned the seven subs so like I mean I think uh, Paul with the seven subs a lot of people their uh, reservations about it is that the game will be two stop start so I think what's going to happen if those seven subs come in is some substitutions will be made during the water breaks so at least that you know keeps the flow of the game going because yeah, yeah. we, we know you hurlers are obsessed about the flow of the game isn't that it <laughs> we are yeah 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 yeah. Um, that would make sense yeah if it was introduced on the on the water break um, I suppose like actually at a club level would you believe uh, Mickey McCullough he was mad for on these water breaks that when I'd come out I'd be standing near the sideline and they kind of cover me a small bit and then the ball get poked out to me and then I'd shoot for, Very for a point. Like, But it worked once or twice now, but it was gas like that it actually worked. So you'd sneak you know? out of the huddle and go on up to your position? or No, I would literally stay oh, you'd lurk just around inside the, the pitch. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> and it worked once or twice really? now. And fair that the club teams were, as everyone does their analysis and everything these days, I had lads marking me right in the semi-final and final. Very game. good. So, so the huddle is in yeah. and around and then they disperse and you just stay where you kind of I, are in the yeah, huddle. Yeah, so one of the coaches would have stood in front of me and I would have <laughs> It went down tying the lace, but uh, Mickey McCulley loves his little uh, loves his little things like that. I've time for that, Paddy. I missed out on that. You <laughs> see, you have to be yeah. at these games to notice these things. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did something similar. I think it worked once or twice yeah. as well. I think it got done to us as well. So I think we were we were learning from that. But uh, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't mind if these, the water break Got or it. they tidying it up a small bit. That, you know, it's not going to be a full half-time meeting. <laughs> yeah, it needs, to, it needs to tidy up. Well, that's it? what it's supposed to be. It's not yeah. supposed to be. A manager's not supposed ah, to even sh- come sh- down. But, like, I mean, it's that's difficult to, like, to fix. They should be gone. Ah, be like, they, yeah, yeah. It completely disrupts the flow of the game. And if somebody has momentum, it's gone. It's like a half-time, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's it. Well, there's no correct answer to this end up, Paddy, because one team will be happy with it, the other team won't. And then the f- next game... The situation could be flipped, and you know the team with the yeah. with the momentum will be will be annoyed, and the other team will be happy. Uh, well, yeah, the, the the break as it was is too much. To, I mean, look, nobody wants a break at all. That's fine, but God, will you do it? Where the, the both teams have whatever a table of water brought into the field, they both they all run. They get one minute back out. No management allowed in the field. And that's it. Like I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. But here, here, here's the thing I have on this, right? And and I've we've talked about this before. It is in this year. We won't spend too too long on it. But you have hurl hurly carriers. So this is because of COVID, right? And you can't mm. share the water bottles and everything. But you've hurly carriers. What would be wrong with you all having your own bottle with your name on it? And the hurley carrier, like he checks down through the hurleys to throw you in one if you lose one. Because like, let's be honest, in the first 15, 20 minutes, maybe only three or four lads will want water. Mm. Throw him in the bottle that has his name on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Would that hand not- to hand, though, is, it? is that the problem? It's the hand to hand. 
Maybe it's the oh the hand to hand Jesus yeah yeah, yeah so you'd have to wear things. gloves. I knew I knew you were I knew you didn't yeah. care about COVID but yeah. this is really going yeah. on the edge. <laughs> I dragged, what are you doing at home? <laughs> I dragged some sort of COVID into this uh, yeah, into this yeah. chat. Then. Anyways, challenge challenge games have been there were it was it was announced this week the challenge games were going to be allowed on Monday May the tenth, but today. I'm pretty sure as it was last night, I only saw it this morning, that they can start immediately. Um, now, this is no good to the hurling teams, Paul. We're getting back into the kind of preparation mm. of things. Like, they've three weeks, no challenge games, nothing whatsoever. Now, the footballers um, can potentially have a challenge game this weekend. <clears throat> They're leaving it a little bit late to organise it, yeah. but they can potentially organise one maybe Sunday and build up. Because I was reading Tipperary Football Manager, and this applies to, to hurling and football, he was given uh, an explanation of what they've done in the last uh, three weeks. So they've had two internal games. The first one was 52 minutes because these lads have, let's be honest, yeah. you can do as many 5K <coughs> runs or shuttle runs. If you're not kicking, pucking, being tackled, being hit, it's a completely different ball game. So they had to go 52 minutes the first internal game and the second one was 60. Now they're nearly right up on a 70 minute. You know, the yeah. hurlers this weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah. if they followed that same... Um, routine or schedule as the Tipperary footballers 52, 60 this weekend 70 full contact league game mm. it's, a, it's a lot isn't it? It is yeah and that's where the rotation is going to have to come into it yeah. so um, yeah it's going to be very hard for teams to, to gauge where they're at like, and that's why like Paddy was saying there like you know you're going to be figuring it's, they're going to be figuring it out as they go through it going to be trying a lot of players I think that's what we can expect yeah. don't, don't expect a lot more to be honest but, but, but what, how would you class because we know there's a hierarchy on there's an internal game then there's a challenge game then there's a league game then there's a championship game yeah. and there's a serious climb from yeah, each one build up, yeah. so like you would like a challenge like how much of a you know of, of a disadvantage to the hurlers is not having at least one challenge game you know just internal game yeah, so I I think your the challenge there is if they're trying to implement a style of play, um, especially kind of a a team like Dublin that have kind of been in between styles. They went, you know, we had a long ball the first time, then we kind of switched to a short game. And look, I don't know what they're going to do in this year, but if they do switch back to a long, how are they going to test that yeah. before before they go into the league? And the answer is they're they're not going to be able to. It's going to be internally, but. But the, know the, the, the B team knows what's coming. But that's it, yeah. yeah and yeah. then they're nearly setting the B team up to fail. So, <laughs> so like Pretend you don't know yeah, this high yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. This is what we're going to do, lads. Now, forget about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it, Paddy. You often see that. And like, I mean, you know, you're playing a sweeper in training and the B team knows what you're doing and what the game plan is. And I often remember sometimes cornerbacks might even cheat because they know what you're doing. It's not, internal game is not a practice, is, is nowhere near a challenge game in my opinion. No, not, <clears throat> I don't think it's near a club game. I prefer to play a good club yeah. game than I would any internal game. And it doesn't matter. Okay, there was a, some sort of mythology around uh, Kilkenny's challenge games there for years. Yeah. They were the two best teams in the country playing each other, a lot were saying. But like to me, I've never, I don't think I've played one internal game that, that meets um, uh, any match I've played, really. Uh, because, and, and the other thing is, the aggression from the sideline, the crowd, that adds its extra bit of nearly like when you have to make decisions on the field. Yeah. Everyone's talking each other through these matches. Here, pass it over here. Okay, if time, turn, pop it out here. So I've never seen it. The only thing it is doing is, you know, um, you could run around cones all day, but you know what cone you're running around every time you're onto it. Whereas on a pitch, you get hit, 
you hit people, you're diving, you're jumping, uh, you're lunging. And every time you twist and turn, you, you mostly don't know which direction you're going to go. So that's where the real problems start, I suppose, especially when you're fatigued. So it, it, it will provide that sort of an element. But God, in terms of intensity, in terms of actually playing real match situations, uh, nothing, nothing beats, you know, playing another team. Well, that's the thing. And even like, I mean, a lot of time challenge games can be low intensity too, a bit like exhibition games. But at the same time, if a, if an, if a tackle's put in there that you don't like, mm. suddenly these challenge games can, you know, take mm. on a life of their own to sound like Brian Cody and they can become fairly competitive. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, speak from... Um, <clears throat> Like under, I remember under Dale, we went to Mayo one time for a training camp and... The we, home of hurling. Yeah, the home of hurling, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we had us so wound up going into... We had a, we, we earmarked the Sunday as that's the day we're going to play a championship internal game. And he had us so wound up. I think it was the first 10 minutes every player was on the ground <laughs> with the other fella wrestling them and then we started the match after that <laughs> but like yeah they're few and far between that intensity do you know like Paddy's right the, you might get up to say 90% of, of your top speed or whatever um, going out to a ball because you have that space and then all of a sudden you go into a game and you might ping a hamstring or something like that because you're, you're running at 100% flat out because you know yeah. your man's not going to give you that space. Yeah, well, that's, I think it was in Gerlach Nance. That was back, I wonder does that still happen now, Paddy, where a manager knows his team is up for it if in internal game two the lads go at it. Do you know that kind of... Yeah, I know. I never minded seeing it in any teams I was on. Maybe you know, that's just in my head, though, from reading Gerlach Nance's book or something that you have to be I telling. I don't think it's a bad thing. Do you know what? It's not a bad thing you do want lads who are on edge and it's I still find it very hard to know jeez will the boys go well on Sunday I haven't a clue to be honest because I've mm. seen where I thought they'd go well hammer, and they got hammered and vice versa but I haven't I've seen even in warm-ups I remember Paul Curran and Larry Corbett rolling around before <laughs> the All-Ireland in 2010 in the warm-up so that was, that was another one but um yeah, no, it, it, it's it's extremely hard to tell. But I do. I will, I will tell you one thing I thought was really good we did years ago with Tipperary. We had an internal match in Semple Stadium. And what they did was they got the sound of Croke Parker, the sound of a stadium, and they put it on as high as they could. And you couldn't hear anybody. Um, and it was, you know, it was that noise of the crowd. And that actually was a very, very good match because you had lads yeah. kind of turning and striking the ball away like they would in the match because they weren't sure what was around them. So right. I suppose they, they can't get that into club venues around Bur- or, or like Boris Lee or around yeah. the country. But uh, we had it there once or twice with Tip and I thought it was very good. Isn't that terrible that she can do that um, in Semple Stadium and RT still can't get the fake, the fake crowd noises in when we're watching <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So one thing we're going to have to get used to here, Paul, is the penalty and the sin bin. So, like, I mean, this is the new rule that we're all going to have to get used to. And obviously players have to get used to it. And we're back to the same thing again. Two internal games probably at the most to mm-hmm. get used to this. Yeah. Um, so if it's a cynical foul inside the 21 or the D, yeah. um, you're pulled down. You know, there's the, the list of um, your of the cynical fouls and it's a penalty and you go to the sin bin. So, like, I mean, what, what's your take on this? Is it, is it a good thing that, that this is coming in? Are you um, going to say yes and Paddy say no? Well, I'm actually, uh, I'm in between, would you believe? Uh, you wouldn't think that as a forward, but, yeah, obviously I think it's a great thing from a forward's perspective, but if I'm looking at my own defender up the other end of the pitch, yes, I want to pull him down and I want him to go to the sin bin. But, yeah, look, I don't know, probably... I think it is a good idea do you know I think it is um, but it's probably hard from a referee's point of view that there probably is going to be some debate at some stage during the during the league of 
oh was it how many defenders were back and yeah um, and to make that decision then some people will be happy and some won't yeah Paddy it's denying a goal scoring opportunity that's the that's the difficult one for a referee like I never played hurling so would I be able to call a goal scoring opportunity the same you know for example as Paul here in mm. studio who would know exactly when a goal is on I don't and then to you what a goal scoring opportunity to me mightn't be yeah. and vice versa mm. and that is the, that's the biggest problem because um, you're relying on, on all refs to understand number one is to understand the game but then to actually be able to read it what's happening next um, and look I don't want to give look a lot of good refs out there as well but some of them have taken up riffing because they probably weren't the best at hurling or maybe weren't great at reading the game or weren't great at understanding what was going on while they played so they maybe took up riffing to get to a higher level and that's I think can often be a problem they're not understanding what's going on next and that might get me in trouble next year if I'm playing club hurling <laughs> don't be yeah. slating us but it, that is a problem they don't see what's happening next and, and the other problem for me is I think it should be at least from the 45 in to me if you have an overlap running through on the 45. It doesn't matter if there's only one defender between you and goals. You have the whole defence open. Yeah, you could have a three on two. You could be bearing down on that. 100%. And I think it's really important because we want to see goals, legitimate goals for good play, good attack and play. Uh, Even though I sound like I'm the corner forward. But (laughs) I I just, you know, and you defend good defend or you, you, um, you're a more good defending as well. Um, so I think it, it goes both ways but we're go- as you said the refs only have a couple of weeks to look at this they always have their reviews after matches and they can like a team would and see where they went well and where they didn't go well so they won't have much time for that this year and that could be, that could be the issue with it. Yeah it will I think the referees have been according to um, he's the national referees the head of national referees Donald Smith he's been saying that some of the referees have been refereeing some of the internal games that's going on because they need the practice the same as the players yeah, yeah, yeah. they have nothing to go on and the feedback they're getting is that uh, the players don't really understand what the, the offence was there wasn't enough communication right. with them but Paddy's point Paul of the of the 45 in yeah. you'll have, remember this well is Sutcliffe's foul on Paddy Purcell in Croke Park with the with the hurl but Paddy Purcell when he gets a head up of steam you know what I he's know, like Like saying, that was yeah. as cynical as they come but that won't be a sin bin offence you know it'll have yeah, to be yeah it was too far out yeah. and inside the 21 was to keep hurling people happy because mm. hurling people didn't want to stop start you know black card kind of yeah, nonsense yeah, and I can yeah. see that point as well but surely a blatant cynical foul like that shouldn't be, you know, get, you know, you shouldn't be getting away with that. Yeah, or were you standing yeah. up cheering on such a... <laughs> no, like, I, I, again, it's just such a hard decision. It's, it's going to be a case by case scenario. And I, I don't really know. Is the, yeah, is it, is it the, the answer? Um, it's good in some ways. Like, yeah, if a fella's, bang through on goal like geez, the outrage of, of, ta- of some guy taking him down but like as Paddy was saying there like geez, if you had a Lark Horbett say back in the day coming through and there was a fellow overlapping like like that's nearly a goal nine times out of ten if not ten times out of ten so yeah. so exactly what what do you do what decision do you make there's definitely going to be a stage where there's going to be an issue with it and there's going to be outrage. Yeah, no, there definitely will be outrage. Well, John Kyle, here, one, one more huh? thing on it though. Like, even if a lad was outside the 21 and he was taken down deliberately, for for even, for a defender even saying this could be a goal chance, they yeah. should be given a penalty against him anyway. Yeah. Uh, maybe not a black card, but they should say, well, there was no need to bring him down. You, you were just... You know, you were just making sure there was no goal, and for that, it should be a penalty anyway uh, to stamp it out altogether. 
Well, that's it. That's it. I think there will be. I think this might need a little bit of ironing out. John Kiley doesn't paint a very good picture of it. He's got it. He's got loads of issues with it. He says, first, you have to decide, first of all, where the infringement took place. That's a real challenge with the speed of hurling to be even in the same half of the field. So there's a long ball goes down. We don't see that many long balls. Yeah. You kind of catch it on the top of the D and you're pulled down. Now, did you catch it before you jumped up on the D? You on know, the can turn, the referee yeah, be yeah, yeah. sure whether it was in the D or not? He'll have to help. He'll have to get his umpires to kind of help him with that. Then John Kiley says, number two, you have to determine are there other defenders between the player and the goal? And then um, the other defenders who could get back, are there other defenders who can get back and make the tackle? And the nature of that infringement is a careless use of the hurley. How many different careless uses of the hurley do we have under rule? Then we have to decide, is it a pull down or a trip as well? Um, and what do you do on a wet day when the player might slip and you're determining whether he slipped or was he tripped? So first you have to determine, was he inside the 21 for a long ball? Then you have to determine what was the, the cynical nature of the foul. It's a lot kind of for a referee, I suppose, to be computing in his head as the game is going on. Yeah, like I don't know, is it a common sense approach, kind of the better approach rather than introducing a, a blank yeah, sin bin? Um, for 10 minutes job yeah um, I, d- I, d- I think the, the, to make it easier and I've always said this about the black card in football like the black card in football is a Sean Kavanagh on Conor McManus type foul it's the most obvious like you know like the, the straight throw on goal in soccer and you're unceremoniously taken down and it's you know the, the, yeah. like Sergio Ramos doesn't care about being the bad guy and all those obvious ones Sutcliffe and Paddy Purcell why can't they just say it has to be blatantly blatantly obvious and anywhere on the field. Yeah. And, you know, I think because a lot of the criticism of, <clears throat> of the black card um, paddy in football was that referees tried to be too clever and they were given ones yeah. that weren't. And just leave it to the most extreme obvious ones, which everybody can see, even the people watching at home can see. I think that's a nail on the head because, uh, like, I've, I've obviously fouled. Everyone has fouled where you're half making an attempt for the ball, but you couldn't really argue that you weren't. So yeah. that's, you couldn't give that. You can't give them, that no. Yeah. No, but the one where, okay, this guy's running through, I put my two arms around him, or I just clobber him, or I kind of pull across his ankles, or pull across his arm, really, not really going for the ball at all. Right, Grant, there, there's your penalty, because all you've done is attempted to stop that person, not stop the ball. But uh, I think it, because I've got yellow card before, where they might say, cynical foul, yellow card. So really, like, they do know what they're looking for. But it's just, as you said, making it too complicated. And it's definitely a big thing, being too clever about it. Uh, they're broadening the rule too much. If they left it up to the ref and said, come here, if you think that he just stopped him purposely from a goal opportunity, then you can you can give him the, the symbol. Yeah, the yeah. There, there's a few more um, rules coming in. There's some on temporary substitutions. There's six in total. These are That was just the first one. Obviously, the Sinbin penalty. There's two more here we'll finish up with before we get into the matches at the weekends. For one is temporary substitution. This is in hurling and football. So a player who sustains a suspected head injury, if instructed by the referee, shall temporarily leave the field of play for further assessment before the player's fitness uh, to return is determined. That's grand. That's kind of like a rugby one. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. which is fine okay. and it's all great. Like, I don't think there's a concussion issue in the GEA. It's great to keep for player safety. The question I have, can do you think teams will take the piss out of this? Let's be honest. So you take a big hit, right? You're wrecked. Your man, your physio comes in, say it's the head, say it's the head. The reason I'm saying this, Paul, is because I know maybe hurlers are more honourable than footballers. <laughs> but in football, I know that play can only be stopped 
for the last few years if it's a head injury. And I see a fella getting fouled and I see other footballers running to the referee pointing at the head. So it's, you know, these lads are, are already thinking we need to stop the game. He's gone down. The referee won't stop it unless it's a head injury. And on the field at the time, players are pointing to their heads to the referee to say he's had a head injury. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, I know what you mean. Yeah, like I suppose the, the rules are always going to be there to bend. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Can you stop that? But like, again, like head injury and all that. It's, it's no joke either, do you know? Yeah, so, a genuine head injury, no. Yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but... I am. I'm trying to think of the managers potentially in the game now that might take advantage of this. And Davy Fitz just jumps into my head straight. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be up the court. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of a lock man type uh, trick, Paddy. That listen, no, this it. is a right little. This we. This is somewhere we can get an extra edge with five minutes to go. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe they could be saying the fellow you're hitting the head will have to go off. Maybe that, that could be more of a lock <laughs> That was um, that, that was old school way of thinking. Yeah, uh, that was. But. Uh, yeah, like I think the only thing is like a manager has to, well, maybe they won't care, but a lot of managers will care the fact that they're asking maybe a doctor to sort of go against their oath and stuff like that. So I think when you have medical club level, I think, you know, anything goes at times cowboy stuff at club level, but uh, inter-county, I don't know. It could definitely happen. There could be a bed in the rules, but I think people are going very serious about the head injuries. Yeah. And anyone caught kind of, you know, bringing it into disrepute really or not treating it as seriously as it should be, giving it the respect. I think it will be looked down on so much that I don't know it'll be taking a mick too much. Yeah. But uh, definitely watch this space. Yeah. As well. well, you see, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be hanging the poor doctor. This would be planned between the manager and the player. Let's trick the doctor. So the doctor, right. the poor doctor's innocent. Just say, look, I'm dizzy. What, what's your name? So when, the light goes in the, when, the, when the light goes in his eye, his, his, his eyeball goes the other way. Yeah. 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 How many yeah. fingers okay. am I holding up? Forty-five. <laughs> uh, the last one then is is this. Is is a brilliant one lads and this is interfering with a kick out puck out so this this new rule is to interfere with a player taking a free kick sideline kick kick out by jumping up and down waving hands or any other physical or verbal interference considered by the referee to be aimed at distracting the player taking the puck you see it a lot now putting your hands up in the air is okay um, holding the hands up but one thing that's come into the game a lot Paul and I'm not sure if this is a grey area is <clears throat> every single corner forward you take a free put it yeah. over the bar immediately your hurley's going up in the air isn't it yeah, yeah, Limerick, I think Limerick started it and, yeah. well they're the first team I saw doing it and systematically every one of them has their hurley in the air and I suppose looking out from a goalkeeper maybe distracts them a little bit I, I, I presume that's going to be uh, banned as well I think that's an absolutely ridiculous rule to be honest with you <laughs> why <laughs> like you're going to do that anyway you're going, like, you have to make it somewhat difficult for, for the keeper do you know maybe uh, you can put your hurl up but you can't wave it you definitely can't w- try to distract him Distract. That's probably a grey area actually putting the hurley. Paul would have liked that now. When Paul was taking the freeze, I'm sure he would have loved to let wave yeah. in front of him and jumping around in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, like you know, I just think I just think that's part of the game, isn't it? Part of the game. But like I suppose the way the way teams now are kind of they're dropping lines and they're doing mm. all these kind of things. Yeah, they're yeah. dropping into zones and they're moving their hands. They are in football. I kind of see them doing it and they're definitely dropping into zones and hurling as well. Yeah. Um whether it does put up one thing that isn't on this that should be banned is the goalkeeper waving wide to an umpire. Are we all agreed on that? That is a blight on the game. Do you ever see them? I think Paddy oh, yeah, yeah. Brendan Cummins brought this into oh. into hurling. Am I am I right to Cummins bring Brendan? Those, yeah, he definitely saved it. He's proud of that. So <laughs> you're definitely right. They're like salesmen in there. Yeah, I, 
<laughs> I think you used to get any rookie goalkeeper that come in and you'd sit him in the corner for five minutes telling him about that. You have to wave wide for anything that's <laughs> so he, de- he definitely did. Um, and he was definitely proud of it and got a lot of wave wide. But yeah, it's, it's, do you know what's very annoying is when it's obviously over the bar. It's like, will you shut up and go back into your goals and get the ball? The, when it's when it's marginal, hey, we all it's yeah. like a marginal foul. We'll all we'll all look for yeah. our end of it. But uh, yeah, when it's right over the black spot in the way of my God's sake. Ah, uh, it's infuriating yeah. when it's yeah. over when everyone can see it's over and the goalie's furiously trying to convince an umpire that it's yeah. not. It's kinda of like use a good one, will you? Yeah, yeah, wait. Wait <laughs> yeah, for yeah. for a, a, a moment to do it when you might actually convince him. Right, boys, we'll leave it there for part one and we'll come back and we'll have a look at some of the games next. Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. Hard to know where to start here, lads. We have six games on television this weekend, which is absolutely fantastic stuff. We've absolutely nothing to go on other than last year's championship. Um, I suppose we have to start off with Limerick, like I would with Dublin in the football. They're double league, double Munster, and they've two All-Irelands in three years. There's a lot of talk that they're going to create a a dynasty like Kilkenny or like Dublin in football. I think there's a very good argument to say that will happen. Richie English is back. Mike Casey's back. They have Colin Coughlin, um, who's a defender, and Cahill O'Neill, who's a forward, both of a Munster Minor um, winning team in 2019, in from the under 21s. Like, I mean, they don't seem to have any weak, weak points. Like, you know, they have a style that teams haven't figured out how to counteract. Only maybe Cork you might say, has given them problems, you know, with their style because they played a a really strong possession game as well. It's like, you know, they're scoring 30 points in a game, 36 against Clare last year, 30 in the All-Ireland final. Whatever teams are doing against them is not working, Paul. Yeah, Um, I suppose that's why I'm not in management yet because (laughs) I'm trying to find a weakness myself. I was looking at them last year and... They played it short. They played it long. They they seem to be very strong in every aspect. Um, and then just their bench, like I think it was a Seamus Flanagan only got in for the final, semi in the final, semi final yeah. and final. Yeah, like what a player to to bring in off the bench. And now these twenty ones coming in then as well. Um, I, I'm kind of at a wit's end of where where they're weak. Uh, I, I don't know. Could they be caught in the league a small bit again? Can lads get a bit of momentum in the league uh, with other teams to see can they they challenge for the championship? But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I think I think if you're if you're playing against Limerick, you need to be really honest. Like you 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 need to be moving that ball quick through the lines. I think that's the only way 
you can maybe catch them out. Well, well, that's the thing, Paddy. Just to get a little bit on the technical side, whatever teams were doing, leaving off that half forward line is not working. You're looking at 36 points, 30 points. I think teams, do teams need to be a little bit braver and say, right, there is a chance that we might leave our full back line exposed. You, you know, your corner back, that's not what you want. But that traditional uh, tactic of always leaving someone in your half back line back that's not working with Limerick because if, even if you leave one of their players free around the field, their short passing style will find them and they'll stick it over the bar. Oh, well, that's it. They're hardwired to, they're always hardwired to find a man in the best position coming out yeah. of the fence. Um, I do remember playing Cork. Cork were probably the last pure team like that uh, around the 0 0 day, middle of the noughties day. They kind of started that style where they get it and they move it and they keep hand passing or short stick passing until they got out. And there's certainly a lot of elements of this Limerick team in that. Um, but it's it's difficult because I think, and Watford tried a little bit in the All-Ireland last year to, as they say, front up and, and physically be in their face. And the problem is they're just so strong and fast as well. And then they probably have the best sticks players. So it's really difficult. But I would, turn, as cornerback, like, I much prefer... To have lots of space in my backline, but know that the opposition middle third are under serious pressure out the field. Yeah, and that's why I used to love it. Love playing with Bonner. Used to love playing with James Woodlock, who wouldn't be always heralded. Uh, and in fairness, Shane McGrath as well, because you and Gerard Rank, they would press, 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 and you would have done very well to come out past them with the ball. Whereas Limerick seems to be walking out past teams who are holding men back, but they're so good. They're so good at at finding the windows in the full forward line to hit the ball into that. That doesn't work at all. So some team is going to have to get physically strong enough, physically fit enough. To, to turn them over, to turn them around their back line, uh, and then you might talk about putting them under pressure. But you could see last year how often are their back line under that much pressure. And it isn't, it is okay, they're very good backs, no problem at all. But the main reason is because they, they're so physical out the field that you can't get the quality ball in there to. Um, under pressure. Well, that, that's the thing. The whole thing about leaving off Limerick players, Paul, as well, is that because they're free, they have time to stick in perfect ball. Whereas, you know yourself, if if you're fronting up all over the field and then it's gone in 50-50, uh, you know, as yeah, a forward, yeah, that's yeah. not what you want. Now, I know Galan can probably <coughs> win 50-50s, yeah, yeah. which kind of has you as well. And maybe Flanagan can. But, you know, leaving, I think leaving Limerick players to drop without being tracked Either they're going to stick it over the bar or they have time to give in perfect ball, which, you know, is that on the forward, for the forward's advantage. Yeah, like, I don't know, do you, do you go man-to-man? And uh, I'm, I'm on the man-to-man with yeah, them this year. I used to, I, I wasn't, but now... It, like, I think that's going to have to be the tried. The half-forward line is running amok every but, game. Because if you go defensive, they just take points from out the field. And if you take that defensive line away, then the extra man, um, it's what we used to do. And they just, they, they still find those pockets. Like, they're, they're brilliant men of finding, finding each other and then running off each other. But, yeah, I think you nearly need the, the, the football approach of tracking yeah. the men everywhere. Yeah. Um, and see how that works out. I'd love to see a team do that this year. I think that's what's going to happen, have to happen with Limerick. You played them in a league semi final in 2019. This was before they won. Yeah, this was we the didn't year do they too won. Bad, no, actually, it was yeah. 119 to 116. But, but, I then, but then again, then again. Again, that was a Nolan. That was Nolan Park, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. and a tighter. It's a tighter pitch. So, like looking back on it, yes, we did well, and, and we did horse into them that day. Uh, again, the physicality—you'd think like that. You know, everybody's physical these days. You know, everybody's hitting the gym, but they've seemed to just ramp it on more than I was. The jeans—I don't know what they're yeah. eating, but I think they're just lucky that they're monstrous men. Hegarty, Kyle men, Hayes, Dear yeah. McBurns, uh, Declan Hannon—they're naturally like yeah. these are just big six foot three four men. And that was it. Like, and I, like I remember. 
Jeez, back a good few years ago when we were trying to compete with Kilkenny, we knew we had to get the phys- physicality thing sorted because they were they were ju- they used to horse into you and um, you need to be able for it. And once we got on top of it and started matching that, we were starting to compete then. So, but as you said, they're they're huge men. But I do think yeah, maybe man on man is the way to go. Maybe try try that and see how we go. Yeah, but but this this is the thing as well. Like I mean, man, man for man is fine. But then again, the team that has given them the most trouble, Paddy, in the last three or four years, has been Cork, and they're by no means a big team. Yeah, I, d- I don't know what that is. I do. I know as well that Cork are similar in terms of they like to find a man. Uh, they like open space, running with the ball, and they can they they like to pull out their half forward line as well and pop it into. Um, you know, the, 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 the corner forwards that the Horgan is inside, Cadigan, you know, yeah. they're that kind of player. Like, they go well on a Limerick team. If they were from Limerick, they'd be they'd be competing there. They could be on the team as well because imagine what they'd relish, how they'd relish the ball that goes in. So maybe it is that they're, they're quite alike. But maybe, I think Limerick, maybe a couple of times didn't take them um, as seriously as they should have. And Cork teams... If you don't take them as serious as you should, more times than not, they'll turn you over. Yeah. So there could be an element of that as well. But I don't, the other thing you might do is play a man for man, but you might have an Olympic kind of sprinter as a as a corner forward. And yeah. every time he's not in the game, he runs out around the middle <laughs> yeah, of the yeah, field. Yeah. to make it. You have to come up with something, though. I, yeah, I, yeah. But physically, if you don't match him, um, I don't. it actually doesn't matter what tactic you play if you don't match him physically. Right. But you put, you noticed when you, you know, when you were trying to bridge the gap with Kilkenny, but like, I mean, were Kilkenny a team that were just a big physically big team or were, were they doing strength and conditioning before you were or I don't know to be honest but they were just always really physical with us like but but just to come back to Limerick I think I think the the big difficulty with Limerick as well is that everyone from the bloody usually it's you know from the half forward line up can score but it seems like everyone from the half back line up can score yeah um you know you have Hayes pushing forward at ferocious pace there last last year in the All-Ireland final um I think that's also, you know, every fella can hurl on that team, you know. Um, whereas Cork, I was quite impressed with, with Cork at, at at stages of last year. The way they moved the ball, the way they keep it, and, and they took some beautiful scores. Um, but do they have that in every position like Limerick do? I, I don't think they do, but... Um, but yeah, so, that, yeah, that's how I would feel about, about Limerick. But yeah, no, with, with Kilkenny... Um, Again, they were a similar type of animal. Uh, you know, anyone could take a score on their on the pitch there. But then they were they were clinical around the the goal. Every ball they got inside the forty five was 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 it was a goal chance to them. Yeah, you start building up an aura. I think Paddy at that stage where you have you have Liam Sheedy talking during the week saying we're playing the best team in the country they've raised the bar no question like I don't know how much it would sting Liam Sheedy to say that um, but I'd say he's at the point where he probably has to accept you know he's accepting that yeah he is and he's I'd say he would have said similar about Kilkenny around the time we were playing him and trying to kind of topple him um, but he's right but I'd say privately He'd be saying they're the best country team in the country waiting to get turned over. Right. Uh, but he'd believe that they can turn them over. Uh, he'd be bullish like that. But he's right, though. They, they are the best team in the country. And I think it's interesting. The similarity to Kilkenny is is obvious. And if you looked at... And it just shows, like, if you look at Kilkenny now and we're playing similar tactics, maybe a little more evolved, they're not half as successful. And that's because the size... I mean, I think nearly every lad in the Kilkenny forward line at uh, once it was six two, six three, maybe Taggy Fogarty wasn't yeah. at times. Which the rest of them were all just huge men uh, who were able to run as well. It wasn't like they were big, 
you know, barrels of lads. They're yeah. big, tall, rangy. Yeah. Who can block you? Get after you. And this is quite similar now. And apart from being good hurlers, they stop you playing. And Limerick at the minute, it's very hard. They just choke. You see how they choked Watford in the All-Ireland final last year. They just didn't let them hurl at all. The, the big thing as well about them is that what, what I would see is the biggest similarity with Kenny is they don't seem to lack the hunger coming back the next year. Like, I mean, this they, you see with Tipperary to come back this the next year, they don't back it up. You know, with different teams, the, that hunger gets blunted. It's perfectly natural, you know, mm. where you, or you don't have that same edge, that competitive edge. Kenny never dropped that. Limerick don't seem to want to drop that either. Yeah, I think they they definitely have a hunger there. Like, it, it's such an incredibly difficult thing to do. I know with Dublin, we, we'd we have one good game and then we'd be, <laughs> we'd, <laughs> we'd be absolutely bollocks yeah, then the next we, game. We but, were a bit like that in Leash as well. Yeah. Never mind one good year and one and then yeah. one bad year. You'd nearly, you'd nearly sit back and admire yourself for a good performance, That's which is it. not psychologically what top-level athletes should be thinking at all. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's an incredibly difficult thing to do. Like, I... Jeez, when Tip, I think when Tip toppled Kilkenny, where, where the you know the great Kilkenny team, um, you know Paddy probably thought they were going to push on there, and you know it, it, it's such a difficult thing to have that consistency over a long period of time. Yeah. But in fairness to Limerick, yeah, they don't seem like they're slowing down. No, it seems that it's just, it, it's actually a professional mindset, Paddy. You know, which has crept in and crept in to GEA, and it's very difficult as a human being to constantly motivate yourself to be at that same pitch all the time it is um, I think you, you have to have a lot of things going your way I think the players themselves have to have that personality or your main players have to have that personality because everybody else follows the main players really um, and then it, I think it really helps when you're physically get that gifted although we were a good team I don't think you could say we were physically gifted that naturally big naturally strong naturally fast I think that really, really helps. Uh, if you looked at the Dublin team in the football, they're fitter and stronger than every other team. If you look at the Kilkenny team when they were winning, they were fitter and stronger than everybody else. Just naturally, if everyone did the same training, that's the way they would have been. Um, so I think that really, really helps those two things. And then they have this management team that seemed very consistent. Uh, we changed managers a few times, didn't help us at all. Um, but having management, a successful management that you have fear, have respect, you know, and you get on well. And of course, they have a good uh, coaching setup. So it, it, it's never one thing uh, that leads to, uh, you know, a, a dynasty, as you said yourself, but it certainly takes a few a few little elements. And then uh, sometimes you need a bit of luck as well, uh, which they got, even with their first All-Ireland in the semi-final, they could easily have no All-Irelands by now if they didn't win that. So, you know, a lot of things have to come together. Yeah, no does. So what about Tipperary then, Paddy? The obvious one, and I'm, I apologise for, for starting with this, is Shami Callan's 33, Brendan Maher, Paddy Maher, 32. Bonner Maher is 32, or he will be 32 in October. Noel McGrath is 31. Not not old, but he's a lot of mileage on the clock. He seems to have been around forever. Like when Liam Sheedy took over, people speculated about a rebuilding job. Now he's in his last year. Like, mm. is Liam Sheedy, what, where's Liam Sheedy's motivation now to rebuild? Because that takes a while, you know? That's what managers often yeah. do to buy themselves time. Like, will Liam Sheedy stay on past this year? And where, where's his motivation to start from scratch in his very last year? Like, I would be seeing more he'd try to wring one more year out with these lads. Yeah, I, I don't, number one, I don't know if he's staying on next year. My gut feeling is that he won't because he'd give three years, you know, uh, when I played uh, over him and, uh, and I know how much he put into that and he's after giving three more years now after this 
And I think maybe he doesn't see his whole life being taken over by this for the next four or five more years. Now, I don't know after that. Um, but this year, I think what he's doing and what he always kind of did was, how what's the best Tipperary team? And I know that sounds like, geez, that's very short-sighted. I think he will be looking at who's the who what's the best team for now this year and maybe maybe looking at next year. But I think it's fairly obvious. You, you, you called out the numbers there yourself. The, the older guys are going on a bit. But the thing is, they're very, very good players. Um, the two or three, actually all of those were carrying injuries last year. Uh, Bear, maybe Noel, um, McGrath. So all of them were carrying injuries last year. So I think they they might see a little bit of freshness out of them this year. But it is a hard ask. Like they've three All Irelands, one under their belt. They've maybe played in seven or eight, uh, six or seven maybe. So it is it is very very hard to ask. But they'll have to, in my opinion, they have to have some new blood. Like you know, they do need to me a corner back. Uh, possibly a full-back, depending on where Ronan Maher would play. What, what, uh, what about Owen Connolly then? He's a full-back at underage. Hmm. Is he highly rated? He is highly rated, Jan. You know, I, I remember he played an under-21 All-Ireland against Cork when he was 17. And to me, that was a great start for a young fella in shows because when I was 17, looking at a 21-year-old county player, they looked like 30-year-olds. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like they, they felt like you were playing against real men. So like he's a steely bit of stuff. I'd love to see him involved. But they have a couple of more in that area of the field. Um, they have O'Mara they have um, oh god they've got more I get the name before the end of the show if I remember but they have a couple of backs to, to try out and they, they just they do need to, to freshen it up there um, and then they, they, but they, they need they need a bit of pace and power up front as well I think that's what, that, well, that was very obvious what, to me in the last two years What about your man then Jerry Kelly like if you look at last year's county two county final two years ago when you won it Jerry yeah. Kelly was the one that stood out to me and last year's county final Paul Flynn was the one that stood out to me like I mean I know they, they, the problem with the all the older fellas is not necessarily their age it's that they're by far the most important players still on the team you know when they stop yeah. unless players are going to be are going to be um, introduced to become yeah. those players, it's not—it's not necessarily their age, is it, Paddy? It's how important no. they still are. They are important, and you know, what's what the thing is, you'll have people say, "Well, they give you a chance." No, the youth should be coming in and shoving, you know, just say a Bonner Maher off the team. Yeah. They should be shoving uh, a Noel McGrath off the team. It—it's not a—it's not a case of oh, well, they're young, they get their chance. You know, it's not like queuing up for your shopping where you're next. You have to earn your chance, and they're not earning their chance now. Guys that on the pan or that haven't got a goal, like Jerry Kelly, hasn't really been brought into the panel no. at all, which. Look, I'm from his club, so it, it's, it would seem I'm biased, but a lot of Tipperary are surprised by that, even for the fact that, as we say, we're looking for powerful, physical players uh, with good attitudes, obviously a skill too, with the All-Ireland display, but we would be surprised with that. Um, but the lads that are in there, there's Dylan Quirk from Clonaughty. You know, I think he's a powerful player. You know, like a Bonner Maher type type of effort, I, I would like to see him involved a good bit this year. And, but you're looking for the likes of Jake Morris, who played last year to step up even more and be more consistent and and maybe say yeah I'm the main man in the far line if the likes of Shamie Callan's injury doesn't clear up so there's a lot of question marks I think you could say with Tip um, and I do know they've trained hard and I think they'll be as fit as you'll have seen them but you know yourself when you get to 33 two or three that doesn't always mean you know a 25 year old can still just run out all you. Yeah, no, well, that's, that's exactly what happened. The minute I think of Liam Sheedy and he's not rebuilding, I think the flip side of that is Jer Cunningham when he came into Dublin and he just did the opposite. Liam Sheedy got another All-Ireland out of his old players. Jer Cunningham kind of went, good luck to, for well, many, maybe 70% of the older kind of, you know, the Leinster winning team in 2013, yeah. which caused controversy. But Jer Cunningham was kind of buying himself time, maybe, whereas, you know, Liam Sheedy's in the last year of his 
three years, which might only be three years. I'm saying to Paddy is the motivation for him to do that same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <clears throat> I suppose what what Jer did when when he came in, yeah, there was. I think he just wanted a a new panel essentially of of his own players, and yeah, that was fine. It was just. Just a, a bit crazy because uh, I think there was lads being at 26, 20, uh, 25 years of age being told, you know, you're, you're pushing on. <laughs> so <laughs> me being one of them. <laughs> so um, ah, look, every manager is different. Every manager wants their, their own uh, look on things. So yeah, that's just the way it was. Like you know? I suppose the difference was Liam Sheedy would have a brilliant relationship with these older lads. Maybe would Jer Cunningham have felt a little bit maybe... I don't know, undermined by them or would that have been the case? I'm trying to understand kind of that situation. Yeah, she's, we're, yeah, we're going back and trying to cast my mind back to to how we all felt at the time. But yeah, look, I suppose younger lads would have been mad for action, uh, mad to get in. Uh, the older lads, like I know when Dalo left it, we, we genuinely thought that we had a team there that could do something. Um and we had Tommy Dunn in the background, but uh, like Tommy is, I think he's Tommy's in my tip, isn't he? Yeah, at yeah. the moment, he so is, yeah. Tommy's genuinely very good, one yeah. of the best trainers I've ever had. Everything was just so simple. Um, it, you know, the drills were kept simple. The, it was an hour and ten minutes, I think, the training session, and you were flat out for that hour and ten minutes. Same as a game. That's just, the kind of theory behind yeah, that. Yeah, right? but genuinely one of the best trainers I ever had. So, uh, like for me, everything was there to do something, but. Yeah, I think Jerry just wanted his, wanted his own look on things. So Yeah, well, here's a question for you um, and move off from Jer Cunningham is Maddie Kenny. So everyone very excited when Maddie Kenny got the job and he'd done such brilliant things with Kula. And the first year looked like, you know, and you made reference to the different styles. Like we were talking here last year on the show that Dublin are a bit all over the place now in that they don't know their best team. They don't know what way to play. And this is a manager's third year where you should be building towards mm. something. And it looks to me like the first year's paper was ripped up last year. And now we have something last year that didn't work. And now mm. you're into year three, almost like, where are we here? Yeah, it's... You're it's, off the panel now, you yeah, can say Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out of the bubble. <laughs> I'm out of the bubble. But, um, no, like, I always, I, I, I still feel that, like, there's there's really good men in that in that squad. Like genuinely, it, it's to try and marry it all together. I think it, it's all of a sudden become a, a very uphill struggle uh, for Matty. Um, I don't know what way he's going to line out this year. I have a feeling that you know with a lot of the changes that he made last year, like I think, you know he brought Connor Burke in. It was his first you know, he debut in championship there last year. Uh, maybe a small bit early. Um, you know like. The, probably should have played a good few league games and uh, well, like, you know, bringing Crummy into centre forward well, that's the big one So I, I feel I'd prefer to see Crummy in the half back line I yeah. think if you had a half back line there I've, like it's really unfortunate I think Shane Barrett has, has stepped away as well um, like, but Would he not able to get a look in under Matty or why did he step away? Uh, I know Shane was struggling with uh, an injury last year but I don't know was it work commitments or whatever I actually haven't talked to Shane at all right. like uh, since but like he's a he's a big loss like you know like you have two modern modern day uh, half back line of, of six foot odd lads that can move so and when, can hurl This is the question I want to ask you so Dublin beat Galway in that a uh, brilliant game in Parnell yeah. Park and you made a balls of it then you lost the leash in the next game that's a bit like admiring a good win oh, but, but the yeah. half back line that day was Barrett uh, Sean Moran and Crummy 
Now you come to the Cork game last year. In his, in his second year, crummy centre forward. Sean Moran's unbelievably on the bench and Barrett's uh, on the bench as well. Yeah, Do you know, like, I mean, I would have thought, <clears throat> usually in hurling, yeah. your half-back line often is your stat, is kind of like your, your kind of your base, your foundation. Yeah, of course. Yeah, look, I, I, I was as confused as you were, to be honest with you. The, the half-back line last year, I don't think it was settled. Uh, I have a feeling that... Uh, I think Liam Rush might be making his way back, um, which uh, again, you know, you know, Liam, he had Liam's thirty one, thirty two. Did he full forward last year, though? Did he not? When he was uh, playing, they did him. had him full forward, yeah. And again, he was he was chasing the air with a, with an injury right. as well. So, but as far as I know, he's absolutely flying it. Um, look, when I was playing in the, uh, you know. Few good few years ago, we used to love having Rushy at centre back because he could cover the ground. His re- not only like whatever he lacked in pace, he he's able to read the game brilliantly. Um, but the way we set up with Maddie was we always had that that uh, roaming centre back, which in Sean Moore, which I thought he did. I thought he did a good job. I think he's perfect for that role, um, and he and he does have the legs then to kind of move up the pitch, but. You know, I felt that the short game didn't really work. You're, you talk about the Galway game. Like, we completely abandoned that short game for for the Galway. And look what happened. We beat them. Right. Yeah, now, albeit it was in Parnell and, you know, we always make You're that. There, yeah. Make, yeah, we always make it a cauldron. But... Um, but it just, I just think that the, the the more direct ball suits Dublin teams rather than rather than this short ball. You know, Cork have the hurlers to do that. I don't feel that we do. Right. Or we ever did. We we always just kind of the direct ball straight in. I just think that works best. You, you, that's the, kind of their natural style, Paddy. I suppose maybe the game is moving away a little bit from that direct ball because of sweepers and all that kind of thing. But I do, I do take um, Paul's point. You know, like, where are Dublin now, Paddy? Yeah. Well, come here, look. Uh, I just think it was it was over complicated last year. We talk about you know being too cute. I, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I, I do think Matty came in and was trying to maybe maybe put more of a presence, a big presence into the into the forward line. But I think you're totally after taking away from the strengths of your team. Um, any team I was on, a good settled strong backline before you go anywhere is essential and maybe into midfield. Like, you can't tell me that goalkeeper, very good, has, has been nominated or has, has gotten us there, Alan Nolan. Uh, nominated uh, a few times, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Owen O'Donnell is arguably the best fullback in the country, yeah. or certainly the best young fullback in the country. Keen O'Callaghan was playing wingback. Very, very good cornerback, sticky yeah. man marker. Smith. Don't know why he's not playing, or Smith, Smith's another a good, good cornerback. cornerback. Yeah. Then you have Sean Morn playing midfield last year, and is a centre-back for Kula with distinction and Dublin over the last two years. So he's playing midfield, then he's off the team yeah. for maybe one of your top three players. Then you have Chris Crummy, who's f- fine up front, but if you tell me about talking about switching a back into a forward at inter-county level, it's hard to do that at club level, let alone inter-county level. And he performed well, but still there wasn't the scores coming off him because he's not a natural forward. So if you take those five backs and Alan Nolan and say you're not going to be very, very steady back there, and then go on from there, then, you know, I think you're mad. I think you would be. So, uh, to me, you need to start off with that strong backline. And then you have Danny Sutcliffe. You know, you go through your centre, then you say, well, we've Danny Sutcliffe or whoever is a centre forward. Perfect. You've Donald Burke, who's performed very well in the last few years. He's up maybe full forward or corner forward. So, you can't tell me there's not a couple of more forwards we can dot in uh, to play well around him. The Eamon Dillon's of this world and get enough out of him. Mark Schutte, can you get a bit more out of him as an injured player? Does he just need a bit more belief? To me, there's a lot more in him. 
I think the team needs to be setting the back line down, make sure that all their best players are playing to the best of their ability and then you'll see what sort of potential. Yeah, I agree. You've got Nolan, Smith, O'Donnell, uh, Keane O'Callaghan and then you have a half-back line of Moran, Rush and Crummy. Like that has everything but, that you kind of want. This is it, it, like that, and that's what I'm saying. Like the men are there. Yeah, that's but it's this messing with a team. <clears throat> Instead of just one thing, Pat Gilroy did when he picked the team the one year he had. He went route one grand, but in general, you looked at the team and you wouldn't really argue too many positional. Now, what, what Pat did was uh, like Paddy was saying. Pat built from the back out. And he made you could nearly see it happening. Like it was like a, a Pat's a, a shrewd businessman, as as you you might know. Yeah. But he, that, I think that's the way he approaches management. Is that he started at the goal, then the full back line, the half back line, and moved right through the lines until he till he had a steady team, and then there was one style of play, and and we stuck to it. And yeah. and everything else was just desire and <laughs> everything else that goes with it. Um, I think it's uh, yeah, it, it's just definitely it's a bit it's a bit complicated. I'd like to see it a bit settled down um, because definitely the men are there. Well, that's the thing. And Paddy, one thing players need is clear direction. When you start getting overly complicated, and one thing I hated in leash and different managers did it is playing players in positions <coughs> that try. I think there's an ego in it. Let's experiment with this. If I turn him from a back into a forward, won't everyone say I'm great? Now I'm not accusing Maddie Kenny of that, but. I, I would definitely accuse some ex-leash manager of that kind of yeah. thing. You know, turning a great centre back into a centre forward. Mm. Stop, will you? He's a great centre back. And the great managers, Mick O'Dwyer, 100%, very rarely messed with that old nonsense. Like, the, you, you, you mm. played where you played and where you were best at. And sometimes if a guy isn't playing well in his position, it can be, okay, that player's fault, but it can also be the manager's fault for not filling him full of the confidence or filling him full of a direction that will make him play to the best of his ability. And I think what I've often seen is sometimes I see it with tip, I see it at club level a lot, a guy might be a wing back and then he's tried midfield. Okay, he's going okay there. Uh, all of a sudden, he is just a midfielder. And if he start, stops playing well as a midfielder, he's not even considered a half-back anymore where he could be one of the best players. So it's a kind of a... And things start to trickle out of control there. I remember Mikey Breen started playing corner forward for Tip there one of the years. And then he was a full forward. And that's all he was considered for then. And he actually started out, he won a, a minor All-Ireland as a fullback. Right. So it's, it's, it's this sense of... Uh, tinkering with it, tinkering with it, tinkering with it until we lose all semblance of what actually makes what actually makes sense. Yeah, no, well, that's it. Usually, at the end of these uh, shows, lads, we do predictions, but there's not very much point in doing predictions now because we've no league champions. So we have division <laughs> with division one A, which is obviously poor Westmead after having a disastrous year last year, even in the Joe McDonough Cup. They're in with Galway, Limerick, Waterford, Tipperary, and Cork. Um, you know, so you'd imagine Westmead are going to be bottom of that group. Who who tops that group won't be league champions. They'll just be top of that group again, like we said at the start. Unless they double up, um, they double up with uh, a championship game, and then you have one B: Clare, Wexford, Dublin, Kilkenny, Leash, and Antrim. So look, it'll be between Leash and Antrim most likely to see who avoids the relegation match with Westmead. Apparently that relegation match is on before the All Ireland semi final, so just so that you're you're following, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're following on. It, it, it's so it's so tightly packed. There's no room yeah, for anything. So this is when I was laughing that the challenge games have come in. Isn't this great? When would you even fit a challenge game in now for hurling? Because like the, it'd be it's a hindrance a, if you did. A, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have space in the year. Like I mean, this league relegation is going to be played before an All Ireland uh, semi final. I don't know, Paddy. You're supposed to question for, for predictions wise. Is who do you think will 
I'd say, look, it's, it's a stupid question, Paddy, because they'll probably all just approach it the same way. They will. I'd say they will. Maybe maybe if a team or two, like a Cork, might say, God, we, we didn't know where we were last year. They petered out a championship against Tip. I think 14-man Tip. So maybe they'll say, look, we need to put together two or three good performances here. Yeah. Like really, maybe good wins and build a small bit of belief. I think Wexford under Davey might say, okay, lads, last year was a real bad show and let's, let's, let's start the year off well. So I think a couple of teams like that, maybe a Dublin, Matty Kenny needs to get back on track. Those sort of teams, I think, when they don't know where they are at all, really, they, they might come into it and say, yeah, let's target a couple of wins because the, the confidence for them might actually help. But apart from that, I think the other teams will be a little bit of shadow boxing. Well, that's it. We, we, we didn't mention anything, Cork. They're very interesting. Donald O'Grady is in a, as a coach and they've wielded the axe Aidan Walsh Connerly Han, Christopher Joyce all these older mm-hmm. brigade again kind of rebuilding with some of their good young players we'll focus on that game that game's on TG Cahar on Sunday we'll focus on that with Paul Murphy and with Ken McGrath on Monday definitely we'll probably talk about Leash and Wexford as well Cheddar back with Leash um, um, Chad Wire is back um, as well uh, for Leash Mark Kavanagh you get one back and then another is gone Mark Kavanagh is out for the whole year with a with a bad injury so like I mean you know you get in the smaller counties you never seem to get all good news there's always yeah. some sort of a, a caveat so it'll probably be Leash Clare and and Cork Waterford will have a look at Leash interestingly play Antrim in the very last game of that league so that might uh, you know figure out unless listen the way Dublin are going Leash wouldn't probably it depends where that game is in the more park Leash you know probably wouldn't be wouldn't be too scared of Dublin. Mm. I don't want to disrespect Dublin by pulling them down into the relegation mm. kind of talk, but at the same time, like, going on last year, Paul. Of course, going on last year, it's, it's, you know, of course you're going to talk about Dublin in relegation, but um, like they're def. I, I feel they're definitely going to target the league to to get a bit of momentum. I think it's yeah. going to be so important for them. And, but the thing about that is, Paul, any team that targets it will do well because no one's going to be targeting it. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. If you focus on a league like a Wexford or a Limerick have in the last few years, she'll get great joy. Yeah, yeah, and it's just really to garner a bit of belief back in the team. I think they do need it. Um, you know, the 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 teams like Limericks and the Waterfords, like they're not going to be too bothered. They could probably sit around the mid table maybe, but <laughs> or end up winning it, <laughs> you know, or not sorry, you can't win it. But yeah, definitely it's going to be very important for Dublin. Um and yeah, they they, they have a tough one. Yeah. Uh, but look, albeit it's in it's in Parnell, uh, you'd hope they they might be able to turn Kilkenny over. Yeah, exactly. Well that's it, lads. Again, no predictions, so they're a waste of time. No real uh like the, the relegation uh teams are probably a little bit obvious as well, unless Cheddar can wield his magic and that's it. Hope we haven't been too pessimistic about this league, lads. So we we don't want to turn viewers off. Um it's great to have the games back and uh Jesus, I don't know what you're like. I was given out last week. Well, I give out about everything, but I was given out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was given out last week, Paddy, about there being too many matches on the telly. So, like, say I have two young children, so I can't watch all these six games this weekend. What if I choose Dublin Kilkenny, and then I'm, you know, out doing something later on? I'm checking Twitter, and Limerick Tip is an absolute classic, mm. and you're looking at your phone, and <laughs> my missus say to me, "What's wrong with you? Nothing's wrong with me." Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you're kicking yourself that you picked the wrong game. I just want two games on at the weekend. I want to watch those two and none of this guilt of missing out. 
Oh, I know. I, uh, my heart bleeds, you know, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is tough. You'll have to record them all now and just explain to the missus, this is what's happening. This is what happened the whole no, weekend. Uh, <laughs> I like a good argument. Yeah, I, 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 like when I'm not on Joe.e, it's like, it's a hard one to argue. And then when I am, I say, look, I've worked now next week. I need to watch all these matches. Well, that's so, true. You get away with when it's work. Right, we'll leave it there, lads. We'll be back on Monday. Um, we'll do a review show and we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I should go. And so it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today. Because like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.